Hey, welcome to the coaches meeting. That's the coach. I'm Grant Cohn. I'm Grant Cohn wearing a blazer. It's different than normal Grant. Usually I just have a t-shirt on, but when I wear a blazer, that's when you know things are serious. Because, I mean, really the way it is, the blazer is just like, a, it's like a protection. If I'm going to say some stuff, I got to be as professional as possible. So from now on, you're getting blazer Grant on the Cone Zone. That's how it's going to be. Because you know what? Casual. This is serious. Anyway, what we're doing today is exit meetings, essentially. Are the Niners getting better or worse? We're going to go position by position and sort of see where they're trending for next year and then talk directly to certain members of that position group. Coach, how are you? I'm great, Iggy. Blazer Grant. I mean, you look good, man. You look Thanks. good. I, I, I'm with it. You know, 33-year-old Grant would be proud. And it's time to bring yes. it back. It's time yes. to bring it back. So. Are the 49ers getting better or worse? Let's start at quarterback. Brock Purdy, 24 years old, coming off a great season. Is he bound to regress? And then you got big Sam Darnold, free agent, may have a new backup next year. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I feel like Brock Purdy is in, he's in the catbird seat right now. Brock, you've done a great job. I mean, what else can we talk about? It's not only... Did you lead your team in the most one of the hardest positions in sports, let alone the team? But you did it with grace. You never folded. We never saw any character issues from you, any inconsistencies of who you said you are as a man and what we saw on the field and as a person behind the mic. And right now, I feel like you've got a feather in your cap because morally, you hold the high ground on this team. Right now, you're the purest soul walking the lock, walking the halls of the 49ers locker room right now. You are without blemish. You are without blame. You have done everything that you, you they've been asked you to do. And you need to stay that way because that is currency, Brock. It's social currency. And in this soup that you swim in for the 49ers, you need social currency by the boatload in order for you to get respected for people to follow you and for you to be able to be protected against the media and your teammates. So you stay the man that you are. But one thing that we need to do is start talking about the football side of things, because personally, I feel like you're as perfect as perfect can be as far as the narrative of this football is football team is concerned. Brock, we got to work on your health as far as staying on top of your elbow. All right. That's an ongoing thing. Also, Brock. Accuracy, short to intermediate accuracy and decision-making needs to be something that I'm sure you're going to look at, but that's something that we would like to see uh, an uptick for you. I feel like throughout all different positions uh, that, pre that predated you and the ones that are here now is that we there's always something about every position that we specifically need to see. And it may not be something that some people deem as easy or some people deem as hard, but it's just your personal cross to bear. And yours is your processing and decision making as well as your accuracy. You've got to work on that. And I feel like you'll be right where you need to be next year. That's how I feel about Brock. Yeah, I, I want to say Brock's trending up and that this positions getting better you got a young quarterback who should be improving but at the same time like the book on brock is getting better and mm -hmm. this is right where an unserious quarterback like jimmy garoppolo would start to get worse 
because mm-hmm. he would stay the same and the game plan against him would get more and more sophisticated as like uh you know his pass chart gets more and more defined so again i think brock purdy's an extremely hard worker who is honest with himself and attacks his weaknesses but i think we saw it at the end of the season teams were starting to figure out in zone coverage sort of anticipating where he was going to throw and then in man-to-man coverage making it tough for him to fit passes into tight windows with his lack of arm strength so for him i mean he's not going to get that that much stronger of an arm but he needs to be careful that all that he doesn't start throwing a bunch of interceptions. Gunslinger Brock with the pea shooter arm. Sorry, like you, you want, you're, you're out there in a, in a gunfight with the least powerful gun out there. Got to be careful. You the main difference between him and Jimmy right now through their careers is the interceptions and the mobility, and right. uh, the interceptions could become a problem for Brock. They were a problem for him in college. So mm-hmm. as long as he's doesn't try to do too much. And I don't think he will. I think this would be something more when he gets paid. Once he gets $50 million a year, are you going to start throwing picks? But I, th- I think it's still, he should be fine. But I just want to see him run more. I, I've been talking about it all week. If he uses his mobility more, there's I think he has more playmaker in him. And he can be even better, more dangerous. I agree with you. I mean, him being able to be using his mobility uh, more is something that I feel like um, it's going to be have to be a little bit more deliberate than it is accidental because I feel like that's in certain ways most teams were a little surprised by Brock's mobility. I mean, I think that's going to be a part of his scouting report now that I don't that I don't think was there earlier in the year is his escapability from the pocket, how fast and quick twitch he is, and how he can make you pay with getting on the ground. That's one thing about Brock that Lamar found with being athletic is look, bro. Can't nobody tell you to get down but you. But once you start getting hit a couple of times, you'll start understanding when you need to get down. I mean, at one point we were talking about Trey, the same thing with Trey. Learning, nobody can tell you when to get down. That's something you got to feel. So um, I do agree. It's going to be some, it's going to be an element of his game that uh defenses are going to be looking for more. Um, I feel like at times during the season, he picked perfectly. Um, he picked situations in the game when to perfectly utilize it, but um, it's going to be harder because, like we said, it's going to be more time on task. We have more film on Brock, so you're going to get a more curated attack week in and week yeah, out. Yeah, th- that being said, I, I still have confidence in Brock Purdy. After this season, what he did in the Super Bowl, I have a lot of confidence in him, and another reason I think this position group is on the rise is I think probably Darnold will leave. Maybe he'll get a starting job elsewhere, maybe not. But you I think, think so? Maybe I'm hoping. I'd like to see what Steve Slowick and Brian Greasy can do in the draft again. They drafted okay. one quarterback. It was Brock Purdy with the last pick. Give him another chance. Draft a backup. It could be in round seven. It could be undrafted. But I'd like to see what this front office can do. I think they might be ahead of the curve on what to look for in college quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Get Sam Darnold. It ain't him. Bring in someone I- new. So I think they could have a better backup next year. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. See what the super chats say. Errol Tolbert, I see a scenario where the Niners are 500 club next year. What's your way too early prediction? Mm, that's a good question. That's it's way too early. Too, it is way too early. We haven't even gotten the guys off the team yet. Yeah, I'm sorry, Errol. It's too early. Corey Soto, people talk about Purd's character. Name a top 10 quarterback in the league who doesn't present professional and who doesn't present professional and of character. BP, best be up on character because his physical traits don't allow for anything else. So you're basically saying uh, he's supposed know, to be professional. Yeah, 
It's just remarkable in contrast to his predecessor, Jimmy Garoppolo, who wasn't particularly. That's all I'm saying. Kenny Kenny 757 says, my guys, why is so difficult for the personnel to do the necessary things and improve and win O-line, KPA, and delegate OC duties to an actual OC? Well, because the conversation is, it's like, think about a game of like uh, telephone, right? The, op the, the, the object of the game is it's supposed to get more and more difficult to get a message through with the, with the number of participants on the telephone line. Yeah. When me and Grant are talking one-to-one, -one, that's a very short line of communication. We can say, I like this. I don't like this. There's no motives. And we can get straight to the crux of the issue. When you're dealing with an organization, these picks last in infamy as far as a regime is concerned. So some people are politically attached to players. There's money that's been put on players. Certain players, there's an expectation around a guy that needs to get things done versus them pulling the plug on a guy and just going to go get a new guy. You know, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of human error in a way, quite frankly. Why decisions are can't get succinctly made is um because there's just motives. Yep. Pardon Diaz. Patton Diaz says, Grant, what's good, brother? Coach, you a real one. Yeah. Gee. Thanks, dog. <laughs> Ethan M says, seems to me like the team is losing faith in Kyle. Well, I haven't been around the team in a few weeks, but it's hard to be super confident in him. Can I mention something real quick? Can we just have a brief sure. interlude in the, uh, in, the, in the exit meetings to talk about Cabo? Okay. You guys seen it? Have you guys seen the pictures from Cabo? I like pictures? To, well, New York Post had... George Kittle and his wife, lovely wife, and Christian McCaffrey and his wife, mm -hmm. girlfriend, and um, Kyle Juszczyk and his wife down in Cabo together, having a great time. That's the whole group that I saw. I didn't see Kyle or Trent or Debo or this uh, was the, it was the inner circle. Is this the core Cabo clique? This is the inner circle. So maybe the Cabo crew is kind of fractured. Up? Yeah. I don't know, I don't man. Know. I mean, I don't know. Is that good? Is it bad? I don't know. Maybe, maybe they were right off camera and I didn't see it, but New York Post had an article about it and they were all kind of beautiful pictures of the lovely three couples, but the crew was not there and I was looking for them. So I don't know. What do you think? Cabo crew? Is that it? Are they broken up? Mm, is it like when the know, Beatles man. broke up and you have little factions? First the fat boys break up. Now, <laughs> now this. Now this. <laughs> I thought it was news. I've been meaning to talk about this. The Cabo click is no more. It's the Cabo trio yeah. dinner yeah. party. I don't oh, know, man. man. It's kind of like the Cabo double date, triple date. Yeah, it's like watching Amigos without without offset. You know what I'm saying? Like, no. And then now, now after, after seeing that, now now after my way too early prediction, seven wins after seeing that. <laughs> Look, man, I don't know, man. You know, look, God love them if we actually have, you know, a working relationship inside the building. You know what I mean? Like, maybe it'll be good for actually getting things done when hard decisions need to be made. Right? I can see you. I can see you, Shaker Kittle, watching us right now being like, oh, so you crush us when we all go to Cabo together. Then we don't. And now you're crushing us again. I don't really know how to feel about it. I just noticed that you went last year together. And now it's this tiny little faction. And a lot of the people who were there aren't anymore. And all I want to know is why. I don't I, I don't know. I have no theories, but I have questions.
and I really would like to know. So, George, Kyle, Christian, if you'd like to set the record straight, where is the rest of your crew? Did you lose them? Did you invite them? Why isn't Brock I mean, there? Oh, there's there's no way. There's no way. You know why there? He has farming to do. Yeah, Brock is out. Brock is out there getting subsidiaries. <laughs> he's in, he's in Iowa. He had to go this to Iowa and really Brock. unwind. Are <laughs> oh, you going to Cabo? No, I'm going to Iowa in February. I need to get back to this farm. It needs me. It's something about meadow fields that calm me down. I, okay, let's talk about that. Is the running uh, back position getting better or worse? Hmm. Because this used to be like a, a position group. Dog, In the last remember, year and a half, this has become the Christian McCaffrey show. Dog, if we could just rewind back. I need to take a moment now. If yeah. we could rewind back into the summer, the strength of this group wasn't necessarily be that Christian McCaffrey topped it off and made it elite. It was the fact that it was the fact that he was an addition to what we already had, which was going to be a very strong running back room because we thought this is how they were all going to be utilized throughout the season. You know, not evenly, but at least some type of pace, right? I didn't think um now that we've seen the whole year, I didn't call you know, there being swaths of time where we don't even see Elijah Mitchell at all or Jordan Mason at all. Like, they do not play. Um, and, you know, when we first heard the reasoning behind it, it was, well, Christian wants to play. You know, he, he's he, you got to pull him off. You got to pry him off the field. You know, yeah. like, he doesn't want to give up any reps. And then you say to yourself, like, all right, well, that's not necessarily – that doesn't parallel with – how I've always deemed those type of players. When I played with guys like that or coach guys like that, where it's like, yo, this is my position. These are my reps. They also, they were on the field, not because they necessarily wanted to keep reps from their brothers or their guys or their guys that was behind them, but it was because they understood how vital to the team they were at all times. So much so that if they were going to stay on the field and take reps from everybody, then they needed to speak up when it was time for them to get the ball or for yeah. them to make a difference. That's leading me to my exit meeting conversation with Christian. Yeah. Christian. Christian. Great year. Great year. Phenomenal mm -hmm. year. All yeah. right. Um, you've had good years. This is quantified as a great year. Okay. Yeah. There was another great year that you had a couple of years before. And I applaud you, right? Yeah. The position that you have right now, the 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 prime years that you get out of this position, they're fleeting. So go get yours, my man. But I will say this. You got to give me more than just the hollow leadership. You can't virtue signal to being one of the one of the martyrs on this team. But when we're failing to actually get the ball or when we're failing to run the ball. I need you to challenge your babysitter, man. If anybody has some type of direct line to Kyle, it's you, especially with your running backs coach. Man, when the offense is kind of disappearing, need you to step up. Need you to kind of get a coattail, man. Tag on a coattail. If you're going to take reps away from the other running backs on the team because you want to be on the field, the last play of the game when the season matters, I need you to have more social currency on the team to come to Kyle and say, I don't want to be in no guy. I don't want to be in the slot position. All right. I don't want to be in a slot position going out for a route. 
All right. I want to have the ball in the backfield. And I feel like, honestly, that's really the only thing that I could say to you, Christian, at this stage of your career. I mean, your past coaching, you've officially gone into the consulting side of it. So I'm consulting you right now. These are the things that I think that you should work on throughout the summer. You need to work on your relationship with Kyle. So contemporaneously in the moment, you have a, you have something in the offense that you can get to where you can make a play, where you can get things done. Because um, quite frankly, um, he's supposed to be your guy. So you got to start demanding the ball. Also, you got to start working on your relationship with your fellow running backs because Elijah Mitchell is really good too. Jordan Mason is really good too. And they deserve some opportunities, especially in the regular season. Like you're taking money out of their bank accounts, essentially future money, because you want to what? Win an award. Like this yeah. is a team. This is a team. You're trying to pace yourself and win a Super Bowl. And frankly, I don't know whose fault it was, Christian, but you averaged 3.6 yards per carry in the Super Bowl and fumbled. So you had an opportunity to become. Terrell Davis, a legendary Super Bowl champion, maybe a Super Bowl MVP, and you didn't come close. So, yeah, maybe use let your teammates play a little bit, pace yourself, and save your best for, for the last. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, let's talk wide receivers. Are the wide receivers on the 49ers getting better or worse? Debo Samuel, be 29 next year. Brandon Ayuk, assuming he'll be back next year, and Jawan Jennings, a restricted free agent. This is an interesting one, Grant, because it's not like just one fell swoop, right? Even though we didn't get, you know, like take running backs, for for instance. We didn't get all of the production that we would want to see out of the running back uh, room. But, you know, there's a reason for that. It was capped off by one man. He took all the reps. Um, and uh, for this one, as a group... They're, as a group, they're getting worse. Yeah. They're getting worse. And I hate to say it. They're getting worse. Uh, the Super Bowl was the was the cherry on top. I mean, I wanted, I, I looked at so many things in my. Bucky uh, Brooks came out and was taking shots. I mean, Bucky Brooks came off the third turnbuckle. He really like, did. Hey, I haven't <laughs> seen like, you. Wow, it's Bucky Brooks. Well, they can't get him. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they can't get open. They they run bad routes. They can't get open versus man. Like he really, I mean, tell me how you really feel. He went hard, but I have to agree with him in certain instances. Like it was the Super Bowl. You guys got manned up, albeit by not no slouches. They weren't bad corners, but they're no better than the level in which we talk about. You guys are on as far as um wide receivers. Like nobody been talking about Trent McDuffie or uh, Jerry Sneed. Any less than they've been talking about Brandon Ayuk or Debo Samuel, and they flopped. They couldn't get open. Um, there were a lot of instances where, you know, this is a conversation that I feel like we're going to have to grow into, but I'll say this, and I'll leave this conversation here. There's a conversation where Brock can't get B.A. the ball versus very good man coverage. We're not ready for that. But there's a whole conversation about that if B.A. stays. As opposed to someone like... Justin as a exactly as opposed to somebody who can really throw off platform and literally put the ball anywhere that it needs to be. All right, so 
uh, there were a lot of routes where BA was open. A half a step is open in the NFL. I know that we get really spoiled by this offense and guys running free and basically having two to three yards of space at all times when they get the ball thrown in them. That's what we're used to seeing. But in traditional NFL, a half a step is open. All right. And you got to be able to throw that guy the ball. So there were a lot of routes where um, BA, BA, for instance, was open. Um, and Brock looked off of him because he just didn't even deem the route to be open. Um, so there's that. That's a whole conversation for another time. But um, as a whole, um, I would say that their production lacked the most when it got leaned on the most. And that, that's in the Super Bowl. Uh, offensively, we led the league in rushing. That's not really saying anything in today's NFL. Um, but another thing that you have to look at is that for the production that we didn't get out of the receivers, um, they pretty much had a light workload throughout the entire season. We we ranked last in pass attempts in the league, right? We don't even have the most potent pass attempt, passing attack in the league. And for them to struggle in those areas um, is damning. So let's get to it. Uh, Ronnie Bell, you got to get stronger. Love you to death, kid. But you got to get stronger. You have to be more reliable. Um, if you're If you're going to be here, uh, then you're going to have to actually show and prove in, in that position. Uh, Juwan Jennings. Hold Juwan on, you Jen forgot someone. Go, go, go. Who'd I forget? Danny Gray. <sighs> you're so right. Hey, Danny. You can't forget Danny Gray. He's still on the team. Hey, Is there any still on the team. All right, all right. Let's do it. Hey, Danny. How you doing? Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not trying to be a jerk, but he's here. <laughs> Like you are, they bro. After him. All right. Okay. All right. Like we're not talking about Ty Davis Price. He's gone. But Danny Gray, what's up? What, what, what can he can he help? He's he has speed. They need it. I don't know. What can you do? I mean, Danny, get, we're on miracle status at this stage of the game. You gotta get some type of consistency with your hands. I think that's why he's really not on the field. Yeah, it's just not a consistent ball. Yeah, he's not a consistent catcher of the football. And, no. you know, I'm not here to really throw the whole project on you, but it kind of is your job. You're a receiver. You so got to do it. Otherwise, catching play the, Yeah, you know, but catching the ball is something that we just can't massage. We can't get around it. You got to catch the ball. That's one. Two, how do you catch the ball? You can't catch the ball with your body all the time. All right? Um, and on top of it, you know, what I need you to do is I just need you to invest in your body a little bit more. Um, this while you're here, while we're he, while you're here and we're having the conversation, um, is because all of the good things about you, good body, good feet, good hands, not good hands, good uh good body, good body control, very fast, and you can take the top off. But the consistency for what we've been asking you to do, blocking, being physical without the ball in your hands. Having polished routes where you do not trust your speed over your technique. That's another big thing for Danny Gray. He just wants to be fast all the time because that's what he leans on. Mm -hmm. uh, we just need to see an uptick in those areas. And um, I'm not here to, like, you know, disparage Danny's career. But I think we'll see him during rookie minicamp if he's still here. I mean, um, this is year three for him. And a lot of times it takes a, a three years for a wide receiver to do something. But this is the time now. So that's enough of Danny. Catch the All ball, right. freaking block. And then Jawan Jennings, real quick, from my perspective, I thought 
I think he is getting better. To me, that's a number three receiver that, when pressed into service as a starter, mm-hmm. steps up. And yeah. that's another guy that you could argue deserves more targets. And if you were on another team with a different philosophy and different quarterback, he'd be putting up bigger, bigger numbers. I'm quite pleased with Juwan. Not to mention I- his best attribute, which is blocking. Yeah, I mean, the physicality side of the game is just class personified, honestly. Um, Juwan, he's going to get better. I see him getting better, honestly. Like, uh, the the blocking, the, I feel like this year versus last year is that Juwan got a hell of a lot better at route running. His route running, his route running has gotten so much more precise. He knows exactly where he needs to be on the field. Um, and then also, you know, for him, for him to top it off, for him to top it off with one of the best games of his career in the Super Bowl. I mean, Jawan Jennings was lights out in the Super Bowl. Um, at this stage, what we need to do is just work on early consistency because if we're if we're going to rewind back the hands of time, Jawan isn't necessarily the best practice player. I remember those reports throughout the summer, and they weren't necessarily consistent. For what we need to see yeah. out of what we need to hear out of Jawan during the summer is, dude, you got to hit the ground running. Want to be able to put trust in you to be able to get elevated past the third, a uh, past the third option on this team or the third receiver. You know, you never know where your role on this team could really be if you come in dedicated, motivated, and looking ready to take the next step. Um, for where you are, this is next year, Jawan is gonna show where your true mentality for the game is gonna be because you're way past being cut. You're nowhere. I mean, as a matter of fact, we want you, right? And you got a lot of responsibility on your hands anyway, because if we retain Jawan, that means that he got a new deal, right? So I'm looking for Jawan not to fall off, right? Because if we get Jawan back, that means he got his money, he got paid. And the last thing I want to do is see Jawan come in here looking like Liberace with new costume jewelry. And all of a sudden he can't catch the ball. You know, you know how these boys look. They just the jewelry is just so gaudy. You know, there's a way how to wear jewelry, Grant. But <laughs> I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know either. I have but, no taste. So, you know, that's what we're looking for. Um, continue success, continue growth. And hey man, don't forget the girl who you came to the dance with. Don't get brand new if you get paid, baby. But you deserve to get paid. I'm happy. Let's let's talk about the guy though who we really need to fuck before. I mean, Brandon, are you great job? You're doing. You're. I mean, he's doing everything right. I don't think we need to say much about Brandon right now, other than we'll see if you're on this team next year. But I think we need to talk to Debo. Debo. I mean, you came into the season in better shape, and your intentions were good, and looked like you were poised to really turn back the clock. But I don't know. What do you want to say to Debo? Well, Tyshawn. It's been a rough year, up and down. This year, uh, you said that you had a horrible year and that this year that you wanted to see a uptick. You did that. Last year, you had 56 receptions. This year, you had 60. Last year, you had 632 yards receiving. This year, you had 892, eight shy of 900. Uh, last year you were 11.3 game, 11 point yard, 11.3 yards per reception. This year was 14.9. And last year you only scored once this year. You scored seven times, uh, with, um, and, uh, nine more first downs that you did last year. Um, and just over 50% for your success rate. Uh, so you did what you were supposed to do. 
your catch percentage drastically went up less than less than 10 percent but close to it from 59.6 percent to 67.4 percent um so why do we feel like this year wasn't an uptick right why do we feel like this year wasn't necessarily better than last year well one of the reasons is because you missed significant time last year right and because of that significant time you came out with 632 yards and this year you only missed i think Debo only missed two games this season if that mm -hmm. and it amounted for what you probably would have had if you wouldn't have gotten hurt you caught four more balls i feel like every 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 statistical every statistical uh, category in Debo's progression from last year to this year you could argue you could argue he was just more healthy this year than last year. That's why the numbers are better. Not necessarily because he was better. Um, with the time out last year versus this year, he even had less targets this year. Um, for me, I think that we're at a crossroads with Debo um, on if he's going to be a leader for the team or if he's just going to be, you know, a guy that gets paid. Um this is a really big year for Debo fiscally. He's due to make $28.3 million this year. Um, that's gigantic money. And I don't know. I'm not here to say that he deserves or he doesn't deserve his money. I've already made my opinion on it, which doesn't matter. But for what I see, you being in shape is a direct reflection to your health, in my opinion. You staying healthy. Uh, I also feel like you being in shape really doesn't need to be a conversation anymore, whether you are, or you aren't, it kind of needs to be an afterthought. And the fact that it isn't is a problem. Uh, your physicality without the ball is also something that I would like to see. And I feel like the fans would like to see better. I feel, yeah. I feel as though that if Debo is getting the ball, um, that's kind of when he turns on, that's when it's lights, camera action, right? But we can't we can't depend on Debo for crack toss to block. We can't depend on Debo for a wide zone to block. We really can't depend on Debo to run routes hard when he's not getting the ball. Uh, and it shows up in elements where when it is time for him to get the ball, um, now it's become maybe a hit and miss, a hit or miss situation now where we have to ask ourselves, is Debo going to get the ball? Is he going to catch the ball? Right. Is he going to run the route hard enough to get there? Um, and those are things that you just can't have on the table when you're about to get paid that much money and you're supposed no. to be a leader. You lead our team out every week. It's you. You're the one yeah. up front every week. Yeah. Right. Um, right. And yeah. And for that. I just don't think we're getting our money's worth. No. We're in the deal. You know what I'm saying? We're, we're, we're in the deal with you, man. And. I feel like we're getting the short end of the stick because when it's time for you to show up, we got to get the ball in your hands. Outside of that, you're absent in so many different ways. And then when it comes time to the human side of it, where it's time to get you to talk or at least get you to be accountable or just show, uh, just give us process on where you stand with certain things, it's contentious at best. You know what I mean? Um, so we're just kind of looking for an evolution process from you. Like it's it's time, new year, new you. We got to get it. Jesus Banda says, 
restructure Debo, Trent, Fred, and Eric and trade BA if he doesn't want to be here. Restructure all the older players. Then kick mm-hmm. all of that can down the road. Debo's 28. Eric is 30. Like, I, I just I don't this is this is a question that I have for the fans. And well, I am a fan. I hate saying it that way. But um why does it feel why I don't understand? Like, I feel like there's this energy like BA should not be asking for the money that he's deserved. Like, does he not deserve the money that he's due? Or is this or is this a thing where if Debo, if BA doesn't take what's given to him, then kind of like discarded. He's done. He needs to I be think out. That's of how here. fans feel. They always take the, the team side during these negotiations, typically. He's Jesus says, bring back Aziz with Greenlaw missing time. Seems to be a popular suggestion. I'm not against it. Both. Hey, I like it. I, I always thought Aziz was at almost as good, if not as good as Dre Greenlaw. The Gold Rush 561 says, should front office get ahead of negotiations with BA before another wide receiver sets the market? Example, Balky signing Kirk, Christian Kirk uh, early in the process. Yeah, but they won't. Or or uh, what's, what's my boy out of Philly, um, the receiver? Um, the kid that they just got, number 11, the big kid. He got he got his deal before Debo got AJ his. Brown, AJ Brown, yeah. I would think they should, but they won't. Corey Soto, I'd say this team will regret extending Brock Purdy, but I think he regresses next year. Less lucky with interceptions, mid arm won't do and won't reach the next contract. All right, let's mm. pause right there and do a little Bet US uh, futures check. Let's check out who they have as the favorites to win the MVP next year. Now, Brock Purdy was in the running last year, and a lot of Niner fans expect him to improve. Let's see what the Vegas odds makers expect Brock Purdy to do in 2024. They have him as the 10th most likely person to win the MVP. That, to me, is surprising, considering the season he just had. Hmm. So it goes Mahomes. I mean... I'm not saying he should be. I'm just surprised. They loved him all year. It goes Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, DJ Stroud, Jordan Love, Justin Jordan Herbert, Love? Jordan Love, Justin Herbert, Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts, Brock Purdy, Aaron Rodgers. Purdy has the same uh, has the same odds as Hurts. Then Rodgers, Tua, Stafford, Trevor Lawrence, Anthony Richardson, randomly. Then Jared Goff. Then McCaffrey. Mm. Who'd you bet on? What's the best? I want to. I want to put a bet down on this. CJ. CJ. CJ Stroud. Plus twelve hundred. That's pretty nice. Mm-hmm. And that everyone, what that means is, let's say I put hundred dollars. I make twelve hundred dollars if CJ Stroud wins the MVP. Now, Mahomes would be a good bet, but. He often doesn't win, and he has the worst odds. So I think Stroud's a good one. I don't like the love odds. That's too high for me. Herbert's interesting with Harbaugh, although they're going to run the ball a lot. Yeah, but I think that Justin Herbert, I don't know, man. Like, they're going to run the ball a lot, but I I think that they're going to run the ball just enough for Justin Herbert to be as comfortable as he needs to be. I, I don't, You know, I think with, with Jim, what he did in Michigan – you know, you run the ball like that in college because you're rarely going to see a team that can stop that type of run attack with those type of recruits all the time. I don't think you can run like that in the NFL. You just it's too hard to get that much talent on one team to be able to do that. Agree. So let's put it on Stroud, who I think is a young elite quarterback. Put a hundred bucks to make twelve hundred, place the bet, 
confirm. Simple as that. BetUS. Great site. Use the uh, link in the description to get 125% bonus on your first three deposits at BetUS. Okay. Let's get back to the exit interviews. Tight ends. Mm. Are the tight ends getting better or worse? Yikes. Can I just jump in? I mean, yeah, it's, no, it's no offense. George, you're 30, and the team really hasn't done a good job of adding to this position. I think Ross Dwelly's probably done. Charlie Warner probably should be done. George Kittle not getting better, but aging pretty gracefully, although that Super Bowl wasn't great. Then there's Cam Latu, who was just looked like a guy who should have not been drafted, frankly. So this is one of the weaker positions on the team. Do they address it again, or, or are they relying on Cam Latu to make a big jump, Braden Willis to make a big jump? What's the future here? Well, the future, I mean, I don't know. Like, George had a great year, all right? George had well, had 65 catches for 90 targets. He had 1,000 yards receiving this year for six TDs, 41 first, first downs, and a success rate of 60%. Uh, and he had a longer 66. George, he didn't have a bad year. All right, you look at last year. The last time George had a thousand yards was the 2019 year. Okay, so as far as production is concerned, I feel like George is exactly where he needs to be. Uh, even at his best, the year before in 2018, he had 1,300 yards. I mean, so George is as good as it gets as far as where he's what he's done this season. Uh, my biggest thing for George. Um, is to just keep being yourself as as far as your play is concerned. Um, now, we got to ask, like, what what's your dedication? What's your dedication to wanting to win the championship past this year? Um, from a franchise standpoint, George, for 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 all of the the dumping that I have done on George, um, it's a pretty weak room, and they've been getting away with it because George has been so good. Uh, they Ross Dwelly, which is your guy, he's been there for years and not I don't really, use him. But okay, Ross Dwelly can tell his grandkids I would have been an all pro, but the Niners refused to throw me the ball. I could have been an all pro. Grant, that Grant, is you and Grant Ross's Grant. story. That is you and Ross's. Now, yeah. All right, you can die on that hill, Grant. But for what it's worth, Ross has not been doing anything. No. Um, and to be honest with you, we've kind of, in my opinion we kind of cannibalized George Kittle's prime in order to cover up for a weak tight end room. If we would have got somebody just rec- if we would have got somebody just as half as good as George or close to it, like another guy that's like a fringe starter. Um, we could have saved more of George. I mean, look at it. George has been in the league since 2017, right? This is his seventh year in the league and he's declining fast. He got in the league at 24. He just turned 30. And you can tell that he's losing a step. You can tell that his routes aren't as crisp. When he gets to the top of the of his stem of his routes, I mean, how many times are we going to see that same release package? He's using the same stuff to get open over and over again. And quite frankly, there's some linebackers out there that just he ain't running away from. Uh, now, I will say that George is always going to last here due to the fact that he's – I think that Charlie Warner can block as well as George, but – He's nowhere near what George brings in the pass game. Um, this is one of the positions where, on one hand, I feel like 
if you're thinking about what can you get for George and what can you move forward with from George, I feel like a lot of fans have been saying like, oh, George is a sneaky trade. He's a sneaky trade. But I would push against that. There's really nothing behind him. And if you get rid of George or trade George just for a pick that you don't know what's going to be anyway, uh, then you're pretty much leaving an entire room wide open. Like, I, I would... I would say this, and I know this is going to be kind of wild, but Christian McCaffrey is a great, uh, a great player. But even if Christian McCaffrey left the running back room, we wouldn't be like necessarily that freaked out. We'd be upset, like, man, that's a weapon. But we still have Debo. Elijah Mitchell has started before. We can get another guy in there. We know how to put a running back room together. If George Kittle goes, like, we literally have no answer for a starting tight end. None. So uh I think we need to hold on to him more than, and he is one of those players where I do feel like George, just like Trent is one of those players where they're too big to fail. And we've kind of leveraged ourselves with the lack of production behind them, where even if they leave, just the, the drop-off will be too steep. He'd be, it will be an immediate hole. And so it makes sense why the Niners drafted a tight end in round three last year. It was a good tight end draft. They wanted to get in on it. It's just, I don't know. I'm not writing him off already, but mm-hmm. it wasn't good so far. And there were a lot of tight ends that went before him. It's too bad they couldn't have gotten any of those guys. But Because now it seems like that's another position they could conceivably draft in mm-hmm. the first few rounds again this year. They yeah. need one. They, they need one. They, 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 they don't do. even have a number two tight end. They don't. They really don't. It's, for how they yeah. run the ball and what they want to be on offense, they need another one. Steven Draper says, need another 6'3 receiver for Brock. Not really. Just a guy who gets open, beats man-to-man coverage. Uh, but Rice, yeah. Uh, Errol Tolbert, I think one thing you guys are not factoring into the wide receivers is that Kyle calls the plays combined with the lack of arm strength of Purdy. Wide receivers will never blossom under Kyle. That's kind of what I was leaning into when I was saying that, you know, you can look at, guy, like, two things cannot, two things are different. It, there's one thing in saying the receivers got strapped because they couldn't get open. That's more of what I saw from Debo, right? But I don't think that I don't think that BA was just strapped the whole game. I think that BA was getting open, but you got to have a quarterback that's going to actually kind of like look at you for a little bit and maybe take a t- take a tick and look at the actual progression. Um, I, there were a lot of plays where I mean, there were instances where BA was making corners fall and he was open and. You know, he was getting looked off of so quick because Brock Brock processes with anticipation. Well, when you have to anticipate, that means you have to be ahead. If you have to always be ahead, it doesn't leave a lot of room for you to kind of bake on a read or let something kind of massage itself a little bit more. So I feel like in certain instances, um, Brock does come off of reads very fast. And there are... It's it's not a coincidence that some of those reads that he comes off of are reads that are down the field and outside the numbers. City Burt says they won't have to pay uh, Shanahan head coach salary if he's the DC. Or I don't know. Is that supposed to be Sala? They won't have to pay Sala head coach salary if he's the DC. Won't they have to pay salary head won't they have to pay Sala head coach salary if he becomes DC? But that's not a, about the that's not about our cap. How we pay coaches is their business. Errol Tolbert, coach, is it really on Debo or is it on Kyle to change how he uses him? Force feeding him the ball when we all know he's not that guy is on Kyle. 
Yeah, well, sure. But like, hold on. $28 million for a wide receiver who can't beat man-to-man coverage? That's on Debo. Yeah. You got to have that skill set. That's your job. And yeah, I agree with that. Bang Bang says, all this Aziz talk, Kyle already benched him once after his best stint. He'll do it again when Dre is back. Jimmy Ward mentioned multiple times, Kyle will disrespect anyone outside the Cabo clique. That's real. So with that in mind, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb. Forget Aziz. I'll show you your comeback. Yeah. Forget, forget that. that. Yeah. Forget that, that. You just kind of. And what's so crazy is that like, I literally forgot all about that. He's not coming back here. No. That's part of the reason why he left. Yeah. yeah, he'll come back with Jimmy when Jimmy Ward comes back, which is never. never. Yeah, he's never, never ever. Mike Nolan, although the Cabo click for the record, bang bang, may have broken up. We'll have to investigate that. Mike yeah, Nolan, any chance, that's pending. I'm telling you, any chance Brandon Lloyd gets a Hall of Fame bid? Brandon Lloyd for the Hall of Fame receiver? No, no, he had a couple good years all day, every day. Kim says, I'm gonna put y'all on the spot. Can Brock win the chip? If not, why should he get paid big cash? He can't even throw when it sprinkles. That's crazy in itself. In itself, that is crazy. That's that's a drawback. Mm-hmm. You did you watch all that as a kid? Yeah. Okay. So Keenan, he was um, what was his, he, Super Dude? Mm-hmm. What was Super Dude's kryptonite? Rain. Milk. Milk. Remember? No. If you get. <laughs> Super dude, man. Keenan. Anyway, I feel like I let you down. I'm sorry. It's all right. That's Brock Purdy. If he gets a little bit of rain on him, he starts melting. Uh, it's it's the tr- look. Once we see Brock with that money in his pocket, you know, we'll see. But right now, Brock is doing a phenomenal job of what he's being asked to do. Hold on. Hold on. Tavarius Ward posted that he underwent successful surgery, didn't provide any details for what it was, but after doing some research, the Vincera Institute is a core muscle health facility in Philly. Ward missed week 14 with a groin injury, so that adds up, according to Chase Sr., friend of the show. Thank you, Chase. Thanks, Chase. Ward. That seems Tavarius like a Ward, getting that groin together. I'm sure he'll be fine. Uh, yeah, boxing fan times four says, cut Armstead, 28 million next year, hasn't come close to what DeForest did, also cut juice. And Brendel Pabia. DeForest Buckner, that trade is that trade. We still lost on that trade. He should have been a Niner for Lifer. Niner for Life. Uh, One more super chat. Slide 23. Kyle Banana Cant needs to change or get fired. Okay, one more. (laughs) Eugene Cleghorn says, as you've highlighted a few times, the team seemed so defeated post-Super Bowl. Might not bounce back psychologically and the schedule looks tough next year. Do you think they missed the playoffs? Probably not, but no, not they did last playoffs. time they lost the Super Bowl. I mean, if Brock yeah. is healthy, I don't think they will. Fish and Chips, what can be done with a head coach who strangles ability? He's speaking in parables these days. I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> okay, offensive lineman next interviews. Are the, is the 49ers offensive line getting better or worse? Worse. Uh... Trent, you're about to make $31 million next year, brother. Um, and about to be 37, I believe, coming up. Uh, showing your age in certain instances. But I feel like the biggest thing for you is 
you know, you just got to close out your season, your, your career the right way. Uh, you did not have a good game in the playoffs. You did not have good games in the playoffs. Trent struggled against Green Bay, Detroit, and Kansas City. Uh, for me, there are certain things about Trent where um, I think is going to help him with his uh, longevity, right? And uh, we got to make sure that our diet is correct um, going into the season. Another thing that um, I'd like to highlight is just the insult, the MAs, the misassignments, the mental errors. Uh, I, I know that the hold was um, on Trent, but truthfully, I believe that hold was on Brock. Uh, Brock broke the pocket when there was literally nobody there. The pocket was for him. He broke the pocket and Trent got hit with that holding. But the offsides penalties, the getting shivered by safeties and corners on outside zone, uh, the, the crashing down on power and missing blocks, uh, winding up on linebackers and hopping into them. Um, right now, I feel like Trent is Trent, – Trent's on a certain level of play that I feel like a lot – there's only a certain, a certain amount of players in the NFL who can do this. Uh, he's kind of a transitional player. He got drafted. He got drafted 10 years ago, 11 years ago. And in that time – um, football was vastly different. So there's a lot of base principles and physical things that Trent used to have to do on a regular basis in the NFL that just quite simply don't exist anymore in today's league. And because of it, it's prolonged his career. You know, think of it as LeBron dropping 27 and seven and everybody's still thinking he's in his prime, but anybody with eyes can see that LeBron is playing against a much different NBA than what he used to have to come up against in his prime. And that's what it's like watching Trent, in my opinion. It's like watching um, a time machine where you're watching an older style player play in a softer genre of football or a, the sport. So um, with that, I feel like I would talk to Trent almost like I would talk to LeBron in a sense of like, take care of your body. Mm -hmm. Understand that injuries are going to be your biggest foe. You know, you know how to play around this game. It's not as tough as what you what you're used to, and uh, just put the final touches on your career. That's I am. That's where I really where I am with Trent. I can't genuinely tell him, "Well, you sucked at this. You need to get better at that." He's 37. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like that's how I feel. Um, now, Aaron Banks, on the other hand, we've got to start taking care of our body. We kind of slipped when we first got here. We had a really hard time just getting you on the field because you didn't have your body yet. You took a whole season, took a whole season to get your man body. You got stronger. You came back and you gave us a solid campaign. All right. This is your second campaign in a row and you fell off. All right. And you fell off because of injuries. Not only did you fall off because of injuries, but also there was a lot of processing errors where you just were confused at times. There were a lot of plays during the season where you were going in the wrong direction. There were a lot of plays where I could see that you were tapping players asking for directions on the plays. Um, this is all over film, all right? Uh, we just got to get you into the playbook a little bit more, Aaron. We got to get you a little bit more focused on what's going on during the games. Um, also, this isn't your fault, but take care of your body. Um, you had a bicep, you had a toe, you had a knee. Um, and 
I commend you for playing throughout the entire season. You had a great year as far as showing and testing the fortitude and getting through the year. I was at the commander's game. Aaron Banks was barely playing, right? He could not push off on that toe, but he was still playing on PAT and in special teams. I gave him a feather in his cap for that. He he could have sat out. Uh, so I will say that it's time for you to get stronger. You've become a good offensive lineman in today's league, but in order for you to be elite, it's time for you to take your strength to another level. Um, Jake Brindle, smart, conscientious season, really. Um, I really like, you know, how you set the protections this year. You did a fairly good job at understanding things. Um, you necessarily weren't given the best game plans all the time. Uh, when going something happened game. at Super Bowl with the protections, though, not to just jump into the negative. I don't know if it's Jake Brendel's fault. Sorry, sorry, I don't know if it's Jake Brendel's no, no. fault. No, no, I was about to say yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, you weren't given the best preparation at all right. times, right? Uh, um, during games that showed itself during tougher teams like uh Baltimore, like uh Green Bay, like Kansas City, and uh, you showed a lot of you showed a lot of fight, uh, however. We don't know. That's why I want to stay away from that because we don't know where the break and failure is for that, right? I don't know if Jake is the one messing up the call or Jake is the one not calling the uh the, the audibles that should be put in or the checks, or if the entire plan is foobar from the begin with, from, from the get-go, right? Where coach uh where coach Forrester and Kyle have put together a run game plan that's not even good off the bus. You know, so you never know exactly where, like, where the smoking gun is. However, um, you know, there's, it's, it, there's, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of upside as far as like where Jake can go. I'm not, you know, he could get stronger, but his body type is his body type. Um, I feel like he did an amazing job with angles this year. I think he needs to clean them up a little bit more if he wants to become a lead at it. Uh, one thing that I will say about Jake is that Jake's backside protection, his scoop blocking was very good this year. Um, showed a lot of good angles, a lot of presence and teamworks, good foot, good foot, um, foot, footwork, hand, uh, hand placement, but, his front side combo blocking was really bad um, where he was actually leading off the combo where he was the pin and um, the post was coming off of him. Uh, he needs to get stronger in those areas. He really does. I mean, if you're going to lead blocks um, for combo blocks, especially when you need to get up top and go to the second level, uh, <clears throat> you got to get faster hands. I don't know if you got to start boxing over the off season or what, but Something needs to get happen where your handout coordination has to get a little bit better. And you're a center. So that needs to work. Uh, John Feliciano and Spencer. He's Burford. out. Spencer Burford. Thank you. Uh, look, man, another solid year in the books. The year before, the year before last, you weren't even starting on a consistent basis. This year, you have been starting. And also, one, a lot of it wasn't necessarily just because of your physical traits that you needed to get better, Spencer, but it was your mental acuity on actually knowing what was going on on the field. There were some issues during that that showed themselves last year on a consistent basis. This year, those were gone. You actually knew exactly what was going on out there. 
I, I never knew, I never had an issue where I felt like you were lost in translation on what needed to be done at the time. And another thing that I'll say about you, Spencer, is that you actually progressed as the year went on. Um, your pad level got a lot better. I started seeing you get a lot more savvy with your hands, using independent hands on longer, longer defenders coming to you. That was something that you started showing later into the season that I was very happy with. Um, you've gotten stronger, a lot more confidence in the season, um, getting out and running out front. Now, the best thing that you do, Spencer, is when we get you out in the out in the open field. You're an amazing athlete. You can run for days. My only thing about you, Spence, is that you just you get elongated when you're trying to get to the second level, bro. Mm. All right. What you need to do is you need to keep power angles to the second level and be able to use your strength. And speaking Pack of strength, punch. yeah. Like when they pull of, him, he, he doesn't really deliver a blow when he's the guy you want to pull because he moves so well. Exactly. Right. He's got you got beautiful feet, bro. Yeah. But one thing that we are going to have to work on, Spence, is you got to get stronger, particularly in your torso. You've got to be able to take on bull rushes. There's That's something that's in your game that people see that if they can just take one arm, one arm is longer than two in the league, you know that. If they take one arm and just and, and post you, bro, they feel like they can get you off, off guard. The biggest thing with you, if you take your game and get stronger, I feel like there's a lot of deficiencies or vulnerabilities in your game because you're compensating for the lack of strength where you're kind of shirking the responsibility of the full technique that you need to use because you understand that hey I might get blown off the ball I get might get blown off my track or I don't know who's on the other side of this pull or I'm gonna fill you out and I'm gonna lock my elbows out and I'm gonna try to get a hold on you so I can manage you because I know that I don't have the strength inside the technique. You got beautiful technique, man. You just got to get stronger. Um, that's kind of like your biggest thing. If Spencer came back with five to 10 pounds of muscle, eight pounds of muscle and kept his weight down, but got stronger, Spencer Burford would be one of the best guards in the league. Hands down. He's athletic. He's got feet. He's got a tackle background, so he knows what it's like to play in space. He's got good hands. He's conscientious. I feel like this year was a beautiful year. And also, want to put a feather in your cap for how you responded to the last play of the season, where everybody was barreling down on you, and you didn't make excuses. You stood tall, and you understood what you needed to do coming from that moment. And, you know, I applaud you, man. So... More of that right. moving into next we got, year. We're about an hour into the show. We still have the, the second half of the team to do, and we got to talk about Colton McKivitz. So let's pick up the pace a little bit, but we can't forget about you, Colton. Colton McKivitz, beautiful year. This was the question mark of the offensive line going in, and you made it through. Um, it wasn't pretty, but you faced some of the best pass rushers in, in, in the league, and we know in the NFL today, um, left tackle, there's no distinction on left tackle and right tackle anymore. They're both just as important. Uh, I like to say that I need you to get a little bit stronger yourself. Um, your feet are good. Uh, you're conscientious as well. Your nasty attitude, please keep that. And, uh, beautiful year, beautiful year of starting the entire season, making it to the Super Bowl. Um, but at times, um, you're becoming a liability with your feet. Really need to work on your feet, get faster. Um, as far as your pass pro is concerned, as far as the run game is concerned, you had the best feet in the game. You know how to get out. Um, but that's what we need to see more of you. 
Okay. Can I get a Fernando for banana can't slurring words? Fernando. Fernando. Sure, why not? Absolutely. All right, let's talk defensive linemen. What a disappointing group this season. From Nick Bosa to Javon Hargrave, all the way down the line. This was supposed to be the best group on the team. And to their credit, they really Sorry, showed up in the Super Bowl. They really showed up in the Super Bowl, but it took 20 games for them to give their best. Still, there's a lot of talent on this group. New, new defensive coordinator coming in. Is this group getting better or worse? What do you think? It underperformed so much. I don't see how it could get worse. That being said, Eric Armstead is not getting better. Javon Hargrave is yeah. not getting better. Is Bosa mm -hmm. getting better, or is he already hitting the Joey Bosa slide? You could argue it's getting worse. Okay. How do you feel? How do you feel thus far about? I want to change up the pace of the of the pace of the show because I feel like okay. I've been doing a crap ton of talking, and like you've been sitting back, and I've been doing way too much talking. So let's kind of get the banter going. So it's um, where do you feel? Where do you feel like the defensive line? Um, overperformed, adequately performed, and underperformed throughout the season. Let's so let's start with pass rush. I mean, the pass rush was 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 underperformed. The run defense underperformed. Okay. They couldn't set edges. Uh, they were a huge disappointment. Chase Young, don't come back. Cleveland Farrell, like when you're saying, man, if we only had Cleveland Farrell, we might win this game. That's a tough spot to be in because Cleveland mm -hmm. Farrell isn't that great. They lost mm -hmm. Samson Ebukam, and that was a blow. He went to, yeah. I believe, Indianapolis and was improved. He continued improving. And the Niners, mm -hmm. to have a good wide nine, you have to have DNs who can set edges. And I don't know. They don't seem like they do. Nick Bosa used to be one. Let's, we need to talk about Nick Bosa. This is primarily about him. Mm -hmm. He's the highest paid non-quarterback in the league, and he had a pretty pedestrian year. Like He had the mm -hmm. same year as George Karloftis, who's on a rookie deal. So, I don't know. Like, Is he... Can we not expect him to put together 18 sacks in a season anymore? Is that behind him? Because he's 26. I don't know. Like, that's the thing. Uh, I feel like, well, okay. So I, I feel like that narrative about Nick Bosa is a little premature because he had a contract year. So he went throughout the whole offseason basically sitting at home waiting to get there during camp. You see what I'm saying? Uh so I'm willing to give Nick a mulligan. The only reason why it's hard to give him a break is because he sends out these these he sends out these shots through the media about how everybody else didn't get their stuff together, and it's like, well, bro, you didn't have a camp, you weren't here. Um, so there's that. Also, Eric Armstead, he's due to make a lot of money coming up this year. I don't feel as though that he lived up to expectations this year either. Um. One thing that I will say, the reason why, the biggest reason for me why the defensive line didn't hold up to expectations this year is because that's the unit where we had to go get reinforcements in the middle of the year just to make it through the year. We had to go get three additions in Chase Young, and uh, Chase Young's uh, Sebastian Joseph Day, and Randy Gregory. That right there shows that the depth that they had was not getting it done. Um, at times, Kevin Gibbons was struggling Drake Jackson, before he got hurt, was a complete liability after the three sacks that he had gotten earlier in the year. And it looks like, and, and even though we're kind of in the Chase Young, Randy Gregory sweepstakes, 
we still really don't have an adequate pass rusher on the other side uh, versus Nick Bosa. I would say they underperformed. Big time. Chris Kasarek, you're supposed to be the defensive line whisperer, and you haven't really done that. I mean, is Chris Kasarek overrated? Just a second. Like, Nick Bosa, great player, was going to be great one way or another. Chase mm-hmm. Young, nothing happened there. Um, Drake Jackson. Javon Kinlaw. Wow. Uh, okay, now that you're talking about it. I mean, Arden Key. Charles Menehue. So there's some, but there's a lot of like... I don't know. Uh, they made a lot of money. Well... Yeah, and that's something that I want to pay attention to as well as far as as soon as we get the new DC because I kind of get the feeling that he's the coach that Kyle doesn't want to change on the defense outside of everybody else. I know Johnny Holland is cool, but I feel like Chris Coach Kaserik is the coach that basically is supposed to be, you know, the guy of all guys. And, you know, but at the same time, you can't elevate him. So it's like, I don't know. Like, I am kind of looking at Coach Kaserik in a way where it's like, all right, bro, if you don't want to elevate to the D.C. and D-line is all you want to do, then you can't get mad that you can't take umbrage with people linking your production solely on the D-line. And if the D-line is not getting better, then neither is Coach Kaserik. He's got to own it. Yeah. Uh, Linebackers. Are the linebackers getting better or worse? Dre Greenlaw going to be out a while. Fred Warner. Been in his prime. Oren Burks got exposed. A couple rookies showed some things in preseason. What do you think? I think they're on the downtick. Uh, Dre's gone. Great year. They should have sat you down. Something that I will say that I feel like is not getting talked about. Dre Greenlaw's injury was a calculated risk. Okay? That was not... That was not a fluke injury. Dre Greenlaw was fighting through Achilles injuries and Achilles tendonitis for months throughout the season before he got hurt. So him getting hurt on the Super Bowl wasn't like, I know it looked flukish because he just ran onto the field, but that was, that was not a fluke. That was, that was a plan, a risk that they lost on. Um, Maybe he should have sat in the playoffs. Who knows? But, uh, Fred, Fred had a great year, um, but we're talking about where they're going into next year. We got to find Fred another starter, um, and it's got to be one of the new guys. It's got to be Jalen Graham's. It's got to be uh, Jalen Graham or uh, what's D Winners. D Winners. Yeah. Um, right now, or, uh, or they could draft another one this year. I mean, it's a very if you if you were looking to replace LB three on your roster. Yeah, I guess give Jalen Graham a shot, but LB two, weak weak side linebacker. You might need to draft that guy in top three rounds. Well, he that's really why I was contribute. Well, that's that's why I was so hardcore on the Aziz uh, acquisition because right. I felt felt like he may want to come back though. <laughs> I felt like it would be a lateral move. Like if there yeah. was ever a player that is going to embody what Dre, it, it ain't just what Dre does on the field. It's he's a leader. Like he is a a cultural piece. Mm-hmm. I feel like bringing Aziz back. Th- that's kind of like the best you could do. Um, mm-hmm. You're not gonna find a rookie to do what Drake Greenlaw does. 
You know what I mean? Like you're you're not gonna find a draft pick. You're not gonna find anybody in this building. To no, but you can find a rookie who does something better than Oren Burks. Sorry, Oren. That's that's sorry. Oren. I'm just you saying. Oren just. Oren just I, I don't think yeah. the Niners really want to do like eight games of Oren Burks at weak side linebacker. That's. So what do you propose they do? You think they'll draft the position, or you'll think? I think they agency? will. I think they will. I, mm. Well, I mean, it'd be easier to do it in free agency, but if Aziz doesn't want to come here, then why not draft a, another linebacker? How plausible is that, that he does not want to come here? Am I asking the wrong question? I think it's a good question. I think it's very plausible, and I think if the Niners you know, gave him a great offer, he might come back, but I don't think they look at him that way, which is probably why he's not here to begin with, which is probably why they phased him out a couple years ago, I think the Niners probably feel they don't need him, and I think Aziz probably feels he doesn't need them. That's my guess. All right. Well, here's who here's who's open right now. You know, Pat McQueen is out there. That's a, a pipe dream. Levante David is out there. Bobby Wagner is out there. Uh, Devin White, uh, of course, Aziz, Jordan Hicks out of uh Minnesota, Drew Tranquil out of uh Kansas City. Willie Gay, Kansas City, Josie Jewell, and Jordan Brooks. Um, so those are the like, kind of the top guys right now. Um, I don't know. I don't necessarily see anybody that we could afford. Um, and do you fit another question? I saw you you talked about this, and I'm kind of glad that I have you in front of me. Do you think there is a possibility that they move on from Dre to save money? No. I don't think so. I don't think they'll cut him now that he's hurt himself. Mm -hmm. No, I don't right. think they will. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, right about now, it just looks like the locker room is, I mean, the uh, the linebacker room is kind of like, uh, God, if you think about it, they're kind of all the same. I mean, the tight ends are the same. Uh, the offensive line is, is the same. And with Dre being hurt, they're the same, where it's kind of like you kind of got, got one guy that, is the tip of the spear, and then everything else is just kind of like out there, right? Demarcus yeah. Flanagan and Goodfold, Demarcus Flanagan Foles is a free agent, and you got two rookies. Oren Burks is a free agent, and Dre's hurt. Really, right now, it's 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 Fred and two rookies. Yeah, as as this the is like one of the weaker positions on the team. Yeah, um, it's gonna have to. It's gonna have to be. It's gonna have to get shored up. Yep, uh, defensive backs. Are the defensive backs getting better or worse? Talanoa Funga coming off a serious injury. Young player, Jair Brown. Young player, Diamondor Lenore. Avery Thomas. Javarius Ward did have core muscle surgery today, it seems. But a lot of young talent here. Yeah. Um, I do believe that they're getting better. Um, they're much better than where they were last year. I mean, at one position before the year started, we were looking at DB as our, as outside of offensive line, as our hands down worst. Uh, worst position groups, cornerbacks yeah. and safeties. <clears throat> uh, there are some younger guys that I want to see right now for the DBs. Cause I feel like we understand who the, who the regular suspects are. We know about your various word, Ambry Thomas and Demo. We know about Jair Brown, Talanoa Hufunga um, and Gip. Uh, so the younger guys, Ambry Thomas, I don't think Isaiah Oliver is going to be here anymore, but Ambry Thomas, Samuel Womack, Darrell Luter Jr. Um, right now, I just would like uh, more time on task. Um, Ambry, Ambry needs to get stronger. I mean, one of the biggest things that I've seen out of Ambry this year is 
the mental errors um when he gets singled out which he kind of he kind of's done a better job at handling now um but also just his body i mean that's the biggest thing that comes out that that sticks out to me when i see uh ambry thomas on the field is that he just he doesn't have his man body yet he needs to get stronger he needs to get a little bigger um, yeah. I feel like that that'd be something that'd help him out, honestly. And then case in point, Demo. Demo was not that size when he came when he first came into the league. He dedicated himself, got bigger, got stronger, got more physical, and now he's the hammer and not the nail. I mean, look at Demo in in uh, in Philly. What he did to DeAndre Swift, like I never thought we'd be able to see plays like that at a Demo. We get another, we get some type of attitude like that and play from Ambry. Then we're looking at something. Samuel Womack, ditto. Same exact thing. Darrell Luter Jr., I just think that he deserves to be on the field, but he just didn't have time, and he doesn't know the defense as well. But I feel like they were really trying to figure out a way how to get him on the field. I feel good about our cornerbacks um, moving forward. Coming out, Jair Brown, great season, kid. I mean, I think you're going to get your man body. This summer is going to be another opportunity for you to get a little bit twitchier, not faster. Um, and I feel like a lot of that comes with process of knowing where to be at on the field, um, seeing it before you do it, then seeing it, then doing it. Um, I feel like uh, that's also going to be something that's really going to be good for Taylor Hawkins as well. I didn't forget about Taylor Hawkins is somebody who kind of came in and gave us some good spot play during, throughout the year. He's going to be somebody else that's going to be able to strengthen the depth. And I feel like throughout the season next year, we're going to see a lot of Taylor Hawkins because I, I also feel like he's going to take Jair Brown's uh, position that he had last year with kind of being a spot duty guy for Gip and Talanoa Hufunga. Um, Huff is in the same boat. Um, I feel like because he's hurt, uh, we would be getting a little freaked out about paying Huff. If Huff would have played throughout the year and kept the kept the, pro the production that he was having throughout the season, um, we'd be worried about losing Huff and keeping Huff pretty soon and paying him. Um, so. Um, safeties, uh, I feel like just by it's addition by subtraction, Gibbons are going to be here, so we automatically we get younger. I wouldn't mind us picking up another uh free agent, a rookie free agent, just to stay as young as we need to. But for right now, um, I can see like they had Gip there because they weren't old enough at the position, but I think they don't need him anymore. The training wheels are off, uh, so that's how I feel. So, kicker, Jake Moody. Dude, kick the ball like through the uprights. I like I, that's my what, advice for you. What can I say, bro? Like, kick the ball through the uprights. Can you and kick it so it doesn't get blocked? Yeah, don't please. kick it, don't kick it low enough for the human hand to be able to touch it. So if you could do that, Jake. I think that we'll be okay with you. Every time they ask you to come on the field and kick, just make sure it's through. Because right now, everyone's thinking it's not going to be through the uprights. That's the problem. That's what That's I think the, the problem. issue is. I don't you, listen. You keep missing the uprights, which is... Some, yeah, like, like sometimes I go a little half-cocked and I don't have all the information. But at times... It seems like the real issue is you not being able to consistently put the ball through the uprights. Right. You know, take that for what it is. But 
if you could kind of just take that, ingest it, think about how you want to be able to do that next year, Jake, we'd have no issues. But, you know, that's just an issue that I think you need to look at. That's all. Um, And Mitch, keep being Mitch. Tabor, I love the social media Stop commentary. tweeting. You know, I like the social media commentary from Tabor. He's actually thoughtful. I think he's funny. He like took a shot at DK Metcalf, like dog. You're the long snapper. Yeah, now that's yeah. Well, Twitter's not a real place. That's why I like it. It's make believe okay. land. Even no, the right, long fair. snapper can talk tough. All right, fair, fair. Yeah, but about um, the returner is it? Should it be Ray Ray? Should they bring him back? I don't think they're gonna bring Ray Ray back. Uh, I think we actually need a returner. Um, a couple of like honorable mentions that I wanted to bring up. Dante Metis. Uh, Dante who? Dante Pettis. What about Dante Pettis? Let's bring him back. Don't bring back Dante Pettis. Come on. <laughs> you don't want to bring back Dante Pettis. There are some, there are some um some some honorable mentions that I wanted to bring up that I, I think that they didn't get a lot of love this year, but I I I can see them being real debt pieces for us. Come Robert Bill Jr. Robert Bill Jr. did not have a bad year. He tried his best to get on the field, and I think that the league. Um, I think that yeah, he got his feet wet. I really do. I think Robert Bill Jr. can be somebody that can that can help us. Curtis Robinson is also a linebacker that I think we'll see a lot of help from early on. Spencer Wagey. Spencer Wagey is another guy that I feel like in the offseason, he can come back and become a real player for us. And also Drake Jackson. Drake Jackson has almost become kind of like the forgotten man in a sense. Don't you think that? Don't you feel oh, so great? Danny Gray too. Yeah. Danny Gray and Drake Jackson have kind of been forgotten about. But Drake, hey, man, you've had not only an entire season. Remember that whole time where it was like he got stronger. He was excited about benching 315 for three times. And he was just talking about how he is finally a real football player. Right? Remember that? Yeah. yeah. And he got hurt. Yeah. All right, now look, bro, you've had all season. Yeah. If Drake Jackson is not showing us anything into this camp, pull the, that's going to be discouraging. Yeah. That's going to be discouraging. So pull the plug at that point. Yeah. yeah. That's where I'm at. Coaches. Are the Niners, is the Niners coaching staff getting better or worse? They have lost some coaches. They fired Steve Wilkes. They lost mm -hmm. Anthony Lynn. Mm -hmm. They lost their assistant. Offensive line coach, and they lost their pass game coordinator, Clint Kubiak, who's now the offensive coordinator for the New Orleans Saints. It's a lot of shoes to fill. Yeah. Uh, well, that's on Kyle. I mean, you know, don't get me on here talking about Kyle, man. That's when, you know, that's when the curls, the pearls start get clutching. But, um, they just need to get away from football. Like, get away from football. Go, Go to Cabo. Yeah, don't. <laughs> ah! <laughs> I can't curse. Like, <laughs> Sorry. I told him not to curse. Yeah. I mean, I like this. I like this. Uh, Michael Wright, he said uh, the coaches are incomplete. They don't get an eye for this one. They finished the season. If you had to give the coaches a grade from a coaching standpoint, I feel like every time we lost, there was a coaching there was a coaching key that was missed right we lost against 
Uh, we lost against Cleveland. They talked about us not being able to stop the run, right? Then that's when the whispers about Wilkes coming down to the boost started to happen, right? We lost to Minnesota. Um, Coach Wilkes being called for the zero blitz. I mean, uh, we can't say that the coaching staff did a good job and we fired the D.C. two days after the Super Bowl. Seriously. I mean, obviously, something was wrong with the coaching. And then you have to ask, well, let's talk about in-game coaching. All three losses, we averaged 19 points a game um, on offense. We had the leading rusher in the NFL, and he only rushed for 80 yards in the Super Bowl and averaged 3.6 yards a carry on 20 carries. We had three drives in a row after we had three drives in a row after a pick from Patrick Mahomes where we ran where we ran nine, ten plays and threw the ball nine times out of those ten plays. Yeah. Um, we had processing issues. We had processing issues during the overtime. And this is just the Super Bowl. We can go into the 22 days off, going to go see the 22 days off at home. Going to see Green Bay, tired, unprepared, false starts. The offense is sputtering. Um, we can look at uh, the many instances during the season where we were asking Kyle if he was using Christian too much, only to not use him enough in the Super mm, Bowl. Crazy. Um, crazy. The irony is wild. Um, we started off this season with a quarterback competition that ended up trading a quarterback um, in the beginning of the season. Uh, I'm going to just say right now, um, we just need to see some consistency from the coaching staff from really Kyle. Uh, and I'll give him a break, man. It ain't easy having your coaching staff poached year in and year out. It's not easy, right? To be asked to keep coming out with the same product year in and year out when the rest of the league is nipping at your heels as far as taking your best guys away from you. So I get that. But um, I just feel like certain things were highlighted throughout this season that were squarely on the coaching staff. So, no, I wouldn't feel that the uh, the coaching is getting better. I mean, right now, we don't even know who our D.C. is. Um, so we don't even know what the current coaching staff looks like. Um, I will say this. Um, I will say I will say this. The 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 regular the the usual suspects of our coaching staff those guys are always going to be intact. So, Bobby Turner, Coach Kasarik, Coach Holland. Uh, now in a little bit, you almost kind of got to look at uh, um, who's the receivers coach that we have? Hankerson, Leonard Hankerson. Um, so you know, and then of course Kyle Shanahan. So and and Brian Greasy. Uh, right now. Um, coaching staff needs to um, kind of have a look in the mirror because we can talk about all of the things that happened in the Super Bowl, right? We touched on a couple of things that happened throughout the season. But at the end of the day, the last game we played, we got out coached. We got out coached on defense. We got out coached on special teams. We got out coached on offense. Mm -hmm. That's flat it's out. True. It's That's true. the truth. And what's interesting is they, they couldn't pick up that blitz. I think a lot of that falls on Kyle and his pass game coordinator, Clint Kubiak, who's gone. So maybe they could do better there. And then they scapegoated Steve Wilkes for not being able to come up with any solutions on the final drive. So I guess the, I guess the uh, assumption is his replacement will next time. So it's going to be better, right, Kyle? Has to be. Has to be, right? I guess we'll see. Tyler Wise guy 
says, I heard Kyle in the past say that rookie wide receivers do one thing a day that makes him really mad and annoyed. I think Kyle knows how important Ayuk is. Kyle is always upset and annoyed, though. You gotta, you gotta understand, you gotta consider the source. This is a very this is a man that is never really had to like be told no. All right. So he's he's very, very like high strung as far as like his annoyance. Yeah. Eugene J says, would you trade a fungo or extend him? Uh, I wouldn't trade him coming off an injury. I would uh you might extend him. I mean, honestly, you'd probably get a discount. Yeah. He's a good player. Fish and chips. Kyle Shanahan lost the Browns game lack of clock management. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's lunchtime over here in the Bay. We just went through the whole freaking team in an hour and a half. Coach, you carried us today. Great job. Thanks, man. Thanks, everyone, for watching. I'll be back tomorrow doing a little uh, round table, triangular table with Marco Martinez and Rohan Chakravarti. Oh, that's going to be yeah. a good one. Absolutely. So I'll check I'm you guys tomorrow, 10 a.m. And, you know, we'll see what happens in between. See you guys.